In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Dear saints, imagine for me, if you will, that you are traveling on a train or a subway somewhere in a larger city, perhaps. You and your fellow passengers are quietly passing the time reading a newspaper or maybe even scrolling through your phones and looking at social media, enjoying your time of peace and quiet during your daily commute. Suddenly, at one of the stops, a father and his children enter the car. The children, they're they're full of energy and quite, well, rambunctious. They're yelling back and forth, throwing things, bumping into people, and simply out of control. Wouldn't you find it difficult in this situation not to be irritated? Well, this scenario was depicted by Stephen Covey, the author of several self-help books, including Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You see, this actually happened to him, and, well, he decided to take things into his own hands. And he asked the father if he would control his children. The father replied, Sorry, I guess I should probably do something about it. You see, we, we just came from the hospital where their mother just died an hour ago. I don't know what to think or say, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Upon hearing these words, everything changed for Stephen. He saw, he felt, and he behaved differently. His irritation vanished in an instant. Empathy welled up for those children instead. Love became a bigger concern. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Love, it triumphed over anger, and being loving wasn't so difficult anymore. You see, love doesn't always come easily. People do try our patience, and they rub us the wrong ways. The primary word for love in the New Testament is far removed from the sentimental ideas of love that we hear on the radio, in movies, on television, or on social media. The modern view for love, well, it expects, it expects a lot from others and it seeks a big return on itself. And many of our modern songs, they focus on the self and its needs and its desires. They speak more of being loved than of loving someone who's unlovable. The view of love expressed in the New Testament is other-centered. 
wanting only to put the other person and their needs first. Charity, with its emphasis on giving rather than receiving and on sacrificing or surrendering something that is ours, well, it better conveys what the New Testament means about love. And St. Paul, in his epistle to Corinth, he uses 15 verbs to describe how love acts, both positively and negatively. Our Lord spokesman shows us that love doesn't mean anything goes. There are actions that love will not indulge in. There are many ways of behaving badly. And love says an empathetic no to all of those. Love is no excuse for exploiting anybody else for our own personal gains. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way or the highway. But aren't many of us so often tempted to want everything just our own way? Some people even resort to blackmail or offer veiled threats if they don't get it their way. You can probably recall one of our film stars. He used to sing about this. I did it my way. And nothing could be further from the New Testament view of what what love actually is. Empathetic love will set aside its own plans and its own entitlements for the good and welfare of the other person. Love, it gives others the benefit of the doubt because it never assumes the worst is true. True love always puts the best construction on the other person's actions. Love, it covers a multitude of sins, Peter tells us. It constantly looks for new ways to affirm, praise, and encourage those nearest to it each and every day. It's not self-seeking, and it's not interested in self-promotion. Love, it's like elastic, full of flexibility, give and take. God loves a cheerful giver. Not only those who give cheerfully to him and to his church, but also those who are generous to others. Those who have found it that there's more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. Love doesn't focus on its own gain its own comfort or a success at anyone else's expense. It knows that there's no greater happiness than making somebody else happy. You see, love doesn't hang on to resentments while listening to a sermon about love. It wants to let the sermon affect everything that happens outside of worship. Those who feel miserable need to see that feeling miserable is a sign that they're not spending sufficient time showing love to someone else. Love doesn't wait. It doesn't wait to be asked for help. No, it delights in taking the initiative. Love 
is intentional. Love is patient. Love puts up with a lot from others. It's steadfast. Because our Lord Jesus has shown us his endless patience. Love is composed and steady when tested, slow to anger. Love wins its victories through patience. Our Lord, he places people who try our patience in our lives so that our patience will deepen. And Christians practicing patience, they either speak the truth in love to others or they pray for God to bless the person that they are angry with. Love, it can wait. It possesses staying power and it gives the person more time. And this is hard for us in our society that has a God made of speed, instant gratification and wants immediate change, always. But we need to acknowledge that the problems usually lie within ourselves. I won't grow in love until I acknowledge that if I want friends, I must be friendly to others. If I want to be loved, I must begin by showing empathetic, unconditional love. A love that is kind. The atheist philosopher, Frederick Nietzsche, he hated the New Testament for encouraging kindness. He detested the way that Christians seemed to waste time and energy on lepers, cripples, and the disabled. Such kindness, Nietzsche believed, it weakened the strength of the human race. How wrong that was. For kindness isn't weakness, it's a power that moves us to support and to help someone who can offer nothing, absolutely nothing in return. Kindness treats well those who have treated us poorly. It measures its gains by what it gives. Christians who are kind, they are empathetic, they are sensitive, and they are understanding. And so they make others feel at ease. Kindness is love's readiness to enhance the life of another person. And we can never be too kind. Instead, love bears all things. And what a breathtaking claim that truly is. And many of you, you have cared for sick people, a spouse, a child over many years and you have seen it as a privilege to devote a lifetime of care to someone that you love. Caring for a disabled loved one so often creates more love, more compassion and understanding for other people. Love leads us to do things for others that they cannot do for themselves. The miracles of love continue to surprise us and, and are a cause for rejoicing. Now remember that train, that train that we imagined ourselves on at the beginning of this sermon. Well, let's put ourselves back there on that train again. But this time, 
or traveling with a friend, a new Christian. Let's call him Sam. Sam was learning to begin about this uh, Christ's meaning of what love truly was. He was traveling on this overcrowded train when a drunken bum headed for the empty seat next to him. Sam leaned as close to the train window as possible. The drunk smelled as if he hadn't bathed for years. Sam, he held himself tightly, fearing that if he touched this derelict, the stench would cling to him forever. But as he pulled away, he was overcome by the fact that he should love this man too. He thought about Christ's love for the lepers. He prayed. He prayed that God would fill him with a Christ-like love for this man who had invaded his piety with a real need. Sam described how contrary to his emotions, how he felt his own arm being raised and to his great surprise found himself putting it around this man's shoulders and drawing him close. The man sitting there next to Sam wept as he received Sam's expression of love. He did what he, did, he wouldn't have desired to do because empathetically willing to be loving, he prayed that Jesus would create love in him for this man. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one that the one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them, for you. The description of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is beyond what any of you or us could achieve on our own without Christ's help. This portrait of love is based on what Christ is like. Christ is patient and kind. He's not envious, boastful, or arrogant, or rude. Jesus didn't insist on his own way. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Things Christ's love for us, it never ends. Dear saints, how many times have we been to a wedding and heard those very words from 1 Corinthians? Love is patient. Love is kind. Like so many other biblical passages, this one has become overlooked for its pure value. Instead, we hear it and we think, oh, that was sweet. A passage, they're written about love. But the heart of this portion of Paul's letter is a call, a call to us to stop fighting about who has the greater of talents, status, or authority. You see, it wasn't even written for weddings even though it's 
still instructive for married people. The point is that every person in community, the church body, has talents and gifts to give, which are needed for the mission of the church. Not one of us can do it alone. We need each other to accomplish God's will, God's desire in our own settings. Besides, it's way more fun working together than it is to work alone. The more we know about Jesus Christ, the more we will learn about love. Jesus, he is love incarnate. And rather than just saying, I love you, our Lord, he gives himself to us in an act of love, in his sacrifice and in his sacraments through his word. Rather than just speaking about love, Jesus, he shows us to love the loveless and the unlovable. We are more than conquerors through Christ's love for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Our Lord, he treats us better than we even deserve. Our God is not just and fair. No, and I am so grateful for that. Because if we received what we deserved, we would be condemned for our sins forever. But our God, he's an outlaw God. And his undeserved love, his mercy, his grace, it enables us to treat each other better than we even deserve. The same way that he treats you empathetically. We now look on those who irritate us and annoy us as those who are also loved by Christ and for whom Christ suffered and died for on the cross. Christ's love. It liberates us from all the limits that we place on our own love. When our love is free of limits, we will be surprised at how much more love our Lord gives us for others and for you. Let his love reign supreme in your lives and may that love give you peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.